0: What is nine inch nails in the metric system? Anyone smart enough to figure that out? I have no idea. I have no clue. I wonder if they translate it for other countries. <laughs> you know what? I bet not. <laughs> I'm looking it up. Yeah, well, because, you know, in Pulp Fiction, there's the whole thing, you know what they call a quarter pounder in Holland and he gets them the whole Grand right. Royale oh, with yeah, cheese yeah, thing. Yeah. yeah. yeah sure. So why not? Nine Inch Nails is basically the McDonald's
1: of goth, right? Centimeters is 22.86. 22.86 wow.
0: centimeter nails. Rounded
1: it up. It's 23.
0: 23 centimeter nails. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna get that tattooed. No, you won't. You're fucking right. I'm
1: not gonna get that. Shenanigans. Tattooed.
0: Nine Inch Nails has been nominated for 13 Grammy Awards, and they've won two of those Grammy Awards both times for Best Metal Performance. Mm. This is a metal band in case anyone... I was going to say, yeah. is that, are they a
1: metal band? Yeah. This doesn't even make sense. I can't Dude, say now
0: you're smarter than the Grammys. I'm
1: just saying that's not new. We've, that's nothing new there whatsoever.
0: So not only are you saying that you're smarter than the Grammys, yeah. you're saying you've been smarter than the Grammys and everyone should take that for granted.
1: Yes, pretty much exactly correct, yes. Uh, they are not a heavy metal band. They're a new wave band that went... Wrong. I don't know. A heavy new wave band? This
0: is something that I absolutely adore. It is so precious about Nine Inch Nails. Is this is a band much like Ministry, where it started off as
1: one thing. Yeah.
0: Very briefly, it was this one thing. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. But do we, we need to do an episode on Ministry. Well, let's just talk about Ministry now. <laughs> because if you listen to old Ministry, you would not in a million years recognize it. It is like two completely different bands existed
0: because it was good. They were a good yeah, band. Yeah, and well, then they, they were a
1: new wave band. And
0: then they decided to become a bad band. Right, yeah. And America rewarded them for that.
1: And then Trent decided he loved ministry and wanted to make another ministry. Mm-hmm. Ministry Junior.
0: So what happens, for people who don't know, is both of these musical projects started off very briefly as one thing, became another thing, and got super huge, and no one involved wants to acknowledge how it got started. If you go to the Nine Inch Nails Wikipedia page, do your little control F thing to search for words on the page. Just search for new wave
1: and you will not find that term anywhere on the page, which is hilarious. I feel like if Trent Reznor got therapy for all of his angstiness when he was younger, Nine Inch Nails would just be a new order cover band. But he didn't get therapy, so now they're a ministry cover band.
0: Here are some other bands that I think we could say were influences of the first incarnation of Nine Inch Nails. The Cars. The Cars. Duran Duran, Peter Murphy, Culture Club, if anyone doubts this, if you have a Nine Inch Nails tattoo and you think that I'm just lying to you, go ahead and get on YouTube. You're going to want to just search, I don't know, like early Trent Reznor. And there are some pretty great what look like public access television performances of the band that he was in
1: before Nine Inch Nails. We could be changing lives right now and not even know it. I mean, that's the whole reason I wanted to do this. This is exactly why we're here.
0: Um, I can't remember where I found it, but I have at home on my computer right now because it is so hilarious. The original recordings of many of the songs that ended up on Pretty Hate Machine. I believe this collection of songs is called Purest Feeling, in case anyone would try to track that down. Mm. I would encourage you to do it comedy gold
1: was this before or after he did the dvd thing remember so i forgot to look it up he put out that video it was like a dvd and it got banned and it was like this super underground thing i have no he made it he made like about. a music video or something
0: are you talking about the video that the fbi thought was a snuff film could be yeah that's no, okay. right yeah this would have been after nine inch nails started and they made a music video where a uh, part of getting a shot was they attached a camera to a balloon and had it go up into the air while he was laying on the ground looking like a corpse, you know? Uh-huh. But the problem uh-huh. was, is the way they had this balloon tethered came undone the first time, and so the camera just got launched up into the atmosphere, <laughs> went off into who knows where, like a weather balloon. Uh-huh. Some farmer finds it, mm-hmm. <laughs> watches the tape, and thinks that he's found Somebody's some- dead. Yeah, crazy murder <laughs> film, and they turn it into the FBI. But, the, I mean, this could just- all be horse shit you know just yeah the, like how fucking that's way more than goth my, bands come up with all this that's shit. way more
1: than my wife told me and she's a pretty serious nine inch nails fan
0: i'm not but i'm a professional so i, I find <laughs> the information that sounds
1: like bullshit to me
0: uh so find these demos of the pretty hate machine <coughs> song. go ahead and just like do that into the microphone like way louder than you're doing it right now because it's, it's <laughs> great <laughs> The, uh, the song Sanctified in particular, get these versions of these songs, throw them on at a party sometime, and it's amazing looking around the room and watching people realize that they're hearing something that they're very familiar with, but they haven't
1: heard it like this. Who fixed the songs?
0: Well, I don't know. I mean, like, as far as the way they originally sounded, I think sassy would be a good adjective yes, to apply. Very,
1: yes, very. Okay, real quick. My wife is a huge fan of Nine Inch Nails, and I love my wife very much.
0: Dude, we get it. You're married. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, I am married. But she said uh, you have to listen to something. I can never have the initial version because he goes like woo, woo, like that. That's what she said. I don't
0: remember that, but yeah,
1: the, I don't know <laughs> even know how you would find the original recording. I don't know, but she she had her ways.
0: There are ways.
1: She was mocking it.
0: As much as we've talked in previous episodes about how this or that band is really just one or two people in the band who are the only ones who do anything, there's no question that Nine Inch Nails is just Trent Reznor.
1: 100%.
0: I don't think there's anyone who would dispute that. Well,
1: they've had something like between 30 and 40 members in the band over the years. I was going to
0: guess 90.
1: The only consistent member.
0: Well, yeah, Trent Reznor. These are just employees. He's just hiring them. It's the Trent Reznor band. Yeah, the Trent Reznor band.
1: Yeah, it will forever be referenced as the Trent Reznor band from now on.
0: One more thing before we get deep into this. I don't want to see anyone say that Nine Inch Nails is not anyone's favorite band. I'm so fucking sick of this. Every time we post an episode, someone's like, dude, Nine Inch Nails.
1: Nine Inch Nails is absolutely a shit ton of people's favorite band. They're one of
0: the biggest bands. Absolutely. Especially like now that rock music barely even exists. This is one of the biggest bands that will bring a guitar onto a stage in America in the year.
1: And draw a huge crowd. Massive. They they play arenas.
0: This is the world we live in.
1: This is a huge rock band.
0: Every band that we've talked about is someone's favorite band. yes. Here's how I know that's true. The other day, I was talking to my girlfriend, and someone brought up the band UB40, and I said, UB40 isn't anyone's favorite band. And my girlfriend was like, I guarantee you UB40 is someone's favorite band. Yeah,
1: you sent me that fucking picture.
0: I said, okay, I'm going to go on Google and search UB40 tattoos, and There were only two of them, but there are at least two people on this planet who have UB40 tattoos on their body. The one you sent me was huge. Massive. It wasn't
1: just a little bullshit tattoo, it was a full arm
0: piece. Person's entire arm. UB40. Huge. So yeah, every band is someone's favorite band. Shut the fuck
1: up. Stop it. That's a great song, Stop it. So good.
0: Okay, so I don't know what caused Trent Reznor to move away from this whole feathered hair and scarves hanging from his guitar neck vibe. You think so? You think it was drugs? I don't know. I don't know, maybe. But he went from new wave to full-on PVC goth, and he got a gig opening up for Skinny Puppy. This is now the Nine Inch Nails that everyone knows. Uh And everyone who's ever told you that Nine Inch Nails is just a Skinny Puppy ripoff a hundred percent correct. You think so? Glenn Reznor's gone on record and stated that down in it, the first Nine Inch Nails single right. is a ripoff of Dig It by Skinny Puppy. Right. I think Trent's probably right. I think this might be a rip-off of Skinny Puppy. <laughs>
1: it is an exact ripoff of Skinny Puppy. However, okay, so I saw them at Riot Fest last summer. It was Ministry, and then New Order, and then Nine Inch Nails Headline. Oh, so just yes. how you get to if this? If you, if you, <laughs> yes, if you... I wish it was so perfect. And then he says, you know, it's such an honor to get to play in between two bands that were so influential in my music. Yeah, because you just ripped them both off. (laughs) You're headlining over two bands that you just completely ripped off to make Nine Inch Nails. After watching Ministry and then literally watching New Order and then watching Nine Inch Nails, I was like, holy shit. Nine Inch Nails is the perfect marriage of New Order and Ministry. And skinny puppy for sure. But.
0: Nine Inch Nails really is the McDonald's version of this music. Imagine when McDonald's came along, everyone else who had already been pumping out cheeseburgers, you know, in their family yeah. restaurant for like thirty years. What the fuck? How is this now a billion dollar business? I've been doing this for yeah. That's everyone else who was doing this, and then Nine Inch Nails comes along. And then he got, but he was like, it's "Cause he's sexy. He's a little fuckable goth teddy bear."
1: He was infinitely more pretentious than both.
0: I can't listen to Pretty Hate Machine without feeling like I'm in a goth club in Amsterdam and Blade's about to run in there and start cutting up vampires. Why? Because that's what this album smells like shiny black rubber underpants. You didn't listen to it, did you?
1: Yeah, of course I listened to it when I was 16.
0: No, like to do this episode. Oh, I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, I listened to it when I was 17. Oh,
0: man. This podcast might be going on another break, folks. Pretty Hate Machine is the favorite album of the guy you work with who says, y'all should go out and get drinks sometime. You show up. It's a goth club. He's wearing a velvet cape. A velvet cape. Yeah, <laughs> carrying a cane with a glass orb on the handle. <laughs> and those fucking contact lenses that make your eyes look neon green. This is who I really am, Mark.
1: I wanted you to see who I really am. Some Really interesting behavior from people.
0: It justified a
1: lot of people's internal angst.
0: Oh, it's so angsty. Something I like to think about sometimes is what if stereo technology had never been invented and everything was just in mono, like what bands would never have become a thing? There's no way in hell Nine Inch Nails exists in mono. No, This whole album, it relies on so much panning and like real fast stereo effects. And I mean, this is basically just the sound of modern studio technology in the hands of a daywalker. Uh-huh. That's
1: it. I feel like he probably, it would be pretty funny to, go back in time in my dime machine that I reference all the time mm-hmm. and watch him just sit there. I feel like he's sitting there with like the fade slider. Okay, this he's just like going as fast as he can. He's like fucking just like, look how fast this is. This is all just a dude fucking around
0: in a studio. That's all that this really so, is.
1: I have to skip ahead for a second. We can, we can go back and come mm-hmm. back to this. But have you ever heard them talk about him making the soundtrack to... The social the network? Yes. Where he said... <laughs> I couldn't believe, first of all, that it won any awards... That anybody thought it was fucking brilliant after he literally does an interview and he goes, yeah, I would just walk in the studio and I would like push my finger on a key and I would just hold it. And then whoever, I think it's Atticus, whoever the dude's name, whatever he's in the studio was like, dude, that was great. Let's just do that. And that's the whole fucking soundtrack. I'm so mad it's right so, now. Well, I just, it comes back to that whole thing of he's just a studio guy doing dumb shit. Yeah, that's not complicated or really that interesting, but people just fawn all over it because it's Trent Reznor sitting there seriously going, "Yeah, fuck this left and right and so fast is not really that <laughs> cool, dude." <laughs> but people think it is cool because he did it.
0: I've also heard stories about him recording guitar parts faster and higher up the neck than he wants it to sound to tape, and then slowing the tape down so when it's slower, it sounds heavier. It's like slow motion, you know, or you know, just record the fucking
1: guitar. Yeah, or you could But play, dude, th- But, but, but you part. tell yeah. people those stories, and they're like, oh my God, Trent Reznor Genius. is so Genius. smart. Genius. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. <laughs> Music wouldn't even exist without Trent. All the while, he's literally just sitting in a studio going, Dee, <laughs> Dee. and people are like, oh, brilliant, brilliant, it's fucking brilliant. <laughs> fucking give this guy every award. This is the greatest band of all time. He's probably the greatest
0: producer ever. I have so much more to talk about. Here's something that's, Pretty funny. One of the six producers on Pretty Hate Machine worked as an engineer on the first Ministry album. (laughs) Weird. He was also an engineer on, just throw a guess out. New Order. New Order's first album.
1: (laughs) You can't make that up. You couldn't make that up if you tried. Uh -uh. Nobody would believe you. Fucking look it up. Nobody does believe you. <laughs> look it up. I looked it up. Some fan of Nine Inch Nails right now is like, this guy's a fucking liar. You're a fucking liar. Fuck this podcast. You're a fucking liar. So yeah, the musical pedigree
0: of this album is pretty clear to trace. Also, this producer who worked on all these albums, his name is Flood. Like, what happens when a river overflows? One word, flood. Yeah. Fucking goth people. Seriously. Anyway, the New York Times basically called Pretty Hate Machine a parody of Depeche Mode, Soft Cell, and
1: New Order. Which is true. Burn. Mm -hmm. Third degree burn. But it's very true. Laser accuracy. Nine Inch Nails fans need to grasp something. If you shit on people for listening to bands like Sunny Day Real Estate or Jimmy World or more bands that are in that straight up emo genre... You have to realize that just because somebody sits in a fucking room and rips off other bands with a keyboard and screams awkwardly and obnoxiously because he can't sing at all, just like a lot of people's favorite emo bands are really whiny. That's exactly what Trent is, is a whiny little guy with a keyboard. They're an emo band. He writes emo lyrics about his emo life. That's just the truth. So I knew that you were going to want to say that.
0: And I also know That there are just a metric shit ton of music nerds out there who can't wait to jump all over your sack for saying that.
1: I welcome you to my sack.
0: But, you're my boy, and I got your back. I pulled some lyrics for you.
1: Yeah, here we go.
0: Can't wait. This is the song That's What I Get from Pretty Hate Machine and... I would love it if anyone out there wants to record an emo cover of this song and send it in to us. I promise I will use every platform at my disposal to get it heard. Uh This is free advertising for probably your your shitty band. But you know what? I'll do it. Here are the lyrics. Just when everything was making sense, you took away all my self-confidence. Now all that I've been hearing must be true. I guess I'm not the only boy for you. How could you turn us into this? After you just taught me how to kiss you. I told you I'd never say goodbye. I'm slipping on the tears you made me cry. Come on. But that's what I get. Why does it come as a surprise? To think that I was so naive. Maybe didn't mean that much. But it meant everything to me.
1: So all I can picture (laughs) while you're doing this. I barely made it through that. Some kid with like... Jenko's on an oversized T-shirt and maybe a ball necklace, crying in a Taco Bell bathroom somewhere because a girl just broke up with him, and he's listening to Nine Inch Nails. Just
0: when <laughs> yeah. everything was making sense. Yeah,
1: that's, if they if if somebody sang it that way, Nine Inch Nails fans would go, "This is fucking stupid. Can't believe this is so whiny." But a fucking whiny Trent Reznor does it over a edgy fucking piano riff or something. Man. <laughs> but if they're not an emo band, man, I can't believe you would say that about my favorite <laughs> band. They're not emo.
0: Okay. I've heard Save the Day songs that are less emo than that <laughs> shit. <laughs> For real.
1: Oh, boy. He said, what about the song where he says he wants to fuck people like
0: animals? That's not emo. Next, Trent decides to be a total fucking weirdo and record music in the house where Sharon Tate was murdered. Yeah, that's right. The Downward Spiral is an album that came out of this. This is supposed to be a concept album about a suicide attempt, so I'm real not clear here about how Sharon Tate being murdered ties into a concept album about some dude getting all suicidal. If you're going to be a fucking weirdo, at least do it
1: right. I don't know. I think it's weird and creepy. But that just plays into the story. You know what I mean? I think that's just another level. Nine Inch Nails relies very, very heavily on production. Live. Anytime he doesn't he doesn't get his production and he goes out on stage and he's like, fuck this and fuck you and blah, blah, blah. Anytime a band relies on a story, or something stupid like that, it makes me question their musical abilities. You're just trying to figure out a way to get people to talk about it. It's like a marketing thing, yep. in my opinion. That's all it is.
0: Here's something that I like to think about when I think about Uh, live production with a band and this is always happening inside at night in a dark room. What would this band do if they had to play outside in the daytime? Yeah. I like to think about that a lot. And one of Nine Inch Nails' most legendary performances is at one of those Woodstock. fucking 90s Woodstocks. Yeah, they
1: have to cover themselves they in had mud. They to
0: cover themselves up with mud, Yeah, fucking come out there looking all fucking crazy, yeah. start a mud fight with the audience. Yeah, yeah. It's really interesting to me
1: that they can't just go out there and play. It's true. One time I saw him, he, <laughs> the thing that they had was actually really cool, but it turns out that if you had a laser pointer that it interacted with the screen because that's basically what he was doing. He had like, this screen that's light and he'd like, erase the screen. It was pretty cool to watch. But at one point, somebody in the crowd must have a laser pointer and they were interfering with it. <coughs> and he actually <laughs> said like, if you're standing next to someone with a laser pointer, punch them in their fucking face. <laughs> and I remember thinking, oh my God, I don't, I don't know if he realizes what he's saying. Yeah.
0: I mean, that's definitely People, illegal. His fucking yeah.
1: fans will fucking murder somebody. Yeah. Some guy with a laser pointer that wasn't even, or he had something that looked like a laser pointer was probably getting his ass kicked in that yeah. show. Man, vape Pen will get you fucked up. Absolutely. At a Nails show. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what if somebody just misconstrued somebody to have a laser pointer? They're like missing teeth now or some shit.
0: Trent Reznor has cited David Bowie's low and Pink Floyd's The Wall as influences on the downward spiral. Great. First of all, how dare you bring David Bowie into this? And second of all, yeah, the wall thing makes sense. Yeah. Because this album is just fucking exhausting to listen to just like The Wall. It's impossible. It's impossible.
1: I haven't listened to it beginning to end in a long time. I don't know, honestly, if I've ever. It's
0: really difficult to get all the way through it. And I don't say that it's exhausting because of any sort of emotional reason, you know, like it takes a toll to experience the album or anything like that. I say it's exhausting because there's way too much going on the entire fucking time for way too long. There's honestly so much happening at any given moment that it's pretty difficult to stop and, like, pick individual things out and say this sucks and that sucks, you know? But listen to this song called Ruiner and check the butt rock <laughs> guitar solo in the middle of that thing. There's just a straight up weird fucking—and it's not played well— It sounds like Trent is just trying to play a winger guitar solo or some shit. This album is just the fucking kitchen sink. There's also a song called Reptile that has a sound on it that so resembles a movie dinosaur sound that I felt like I needed to go look up when Jurassic Park came (laughs) out in relation to this album.
1: See if it was an influence in the album? Jurassic
0: Park came out the year before this album. It is really not that crazy of a suggestion to say that Trent Reznor... Went and watched Jurassic Park at some movie theater in L.A., then went back to the house where Sharon Tate was murdered and made a stupid-ass mall goth song.
1: (laughs) I love that movie. It influenced my music so
0: much. That's America summed up in a sentence.
1: (sighs) (laughs) And you're all going to sit there and go, oh, yeah, it's so fucking good. So fucking good. I'm going to
0: pan it to the left and right really fucking (laughs) fast. Yeah, pan it. This album sounds like Peter Gabriel's teenage son got mad at him, locked him out of the studio, and made an album with all Peter's equipment.
1: Yeah, he never grew up.
0: This is a great approach to music if your audience is a bunch of teenagers who probably haven't heard that much music. So you just throw all these sounds at them at once. Plus all the lyrics they can pick out are about how, you know, nobody can tell you what to do. Nobody can control you. You're the one who gets to be in control of yourself and everything. Of course this blows up in the angst economy of
1: the 90s. Absolutely fit perfectly into the time period. It'd
0: be pretty hard to fuck this up.
1: Yeah, very hard. You could probably just say the lyrics that he was saying and put it over any music and it would have done all right. Like emo? Like an emo band (laughs) with or without reptile sounds.
0: I would love for someone to explain to me the difference between Closer by Nine Inch Nails and the song Sex and Candy by Marcy Playground. What's the difference? I can't tell you. Why is one band still playing arenas? Somebody email
1: us and tell us the difference. Don't
0: email me. Please stop telling people to email us. (laughs) I don't give a fuck. I love the emails. I'm not reading a single one of these emails. I read
1: all the emails, include the one that just said fuck you. That one was That's good. That's all it said. Be brief. All right. If you're going to email us, be yeah. brief. <laughs> we got an email while we were recording this, actually. Stop looking at your phone. I did. My notes are on my phone. You're looking at your phone. This, Yeah, because my notes are on here. My I, notes are on here, too. A little notification I'm in up.
0: airplane mode. This podcast is going on a break <laughs> after this episode.
1: <laughs> no airplane mode here, man. I'm wild. I'm wild.
0: Why is Nine Inch Nails playing arenas and Marcy Playground is a fucking punchline of music? I don't know. These songs are the fucking same thing. Yeah. A huge single about sex, and then, relatively speaking, almost no one knows any other songs. So, we can add closer to the list of all time most popular songs where 99% of the people who like that song think it's about something that it's not about.
1: Right up there with that one Rage Against the Machine song where he says, Fuck you, I won't do what you tell me, which is sung oftentimes by bros, every bro in a bar that I've ever gone to and it comes on. The whole idea is lost. Also, there's moment. that
0: other Rage Against the Machine song that everyone thinks is about being uh, like anti establishment and everything, but then they put it out on a major fucking record label.
1: Yeah.
0: Of course people think that closer is about fucking
1: it's not what's it about
0: just guess i want, I want you to guess what it is
1: it's not about fucking
0: <laughs> it's a song about hating who you are and becoming fixated on another person because you think they're the solution to your problems
1: and you want to fuck them like an animal
0: well yeah because you think that's going to make everything better but it's not but idiots think it's just a song about sex
1: Yeah, my God, if that shit comes out on the freaking bar. I'm
0: pretty sure I've heard the music track of this song played at hockey games. This song is so colossally misunderstood that Mr. Pretentiousness himself, Father John Misty, covers it. And before he plays it, he tells everyone it's his favorite love song. Like, here's my favorite love song. And then he plays it. And I'm sure that he thinks it's just a song about getting down and dirty and fucking all raw and everything.
1: I wonder if Trent ever gets pissed about that kind of stuff.
0: No, I think he's probably a well-adjusted person. and He probably just handles it. You think so?
1: No. <laughs> I don't think he, you think he gets pissed. I don't think
0: this is a person who needs an excuse to get pissed. That's true. <laughs> I
1: think if you search Trent Reznor, there's a lot of articles that are like, top 10 times that Trent got pissed about something. And I'm not even kidding. These are all the times that Trent Reznor got angry about something. What a thing to be known for. Yeah.
0: What's crazy is how many releases this band does actually they have. They have a shit ton. They have albums upon albums yes. that anyone who hasn't drank the Kool-Aid has no clue about. Yes.
1: There was a lot of stuff that I didn't know existed before with Teeth. I didn't know that he put out so much stuff. There's a lot.
0: Well, he actually came up with this thing that's pretty genius way to turn his fans into obsessive little consumers, which is calling every release a halo. You know about this? Uh, A
1: little bit.
0: So every release has like Halo 3 or Halo 5 on it, you know, because it's a disc, it's a CD. So they call it a Halo because, you know, fucking goth people. (laughs) And uh, so this is Halo 3, this is Halo 5. And if you don't have Halo 4, then you feel like a shitty fan, right? This is how you turn people into completists. I mean, I want to be clear, there's absolutely no reason to do this unless you're trying to make people feel inferior for not owning everything. And this is old school marketing, by the way. This is make your demographic feel like they're a total piece of shit if they do not acquire your
1: product. Yeah, they don't have the complete collection. Old school you marketing. You have Halo number three? Oh, weird. I do. What was the one? Uh, what was that thing that they released that they sent it out in like the uh, charcoal covered? envelopes oh yeah that i can't remember what it was but it was um what a dick i was watching i was reading some of the people's stories about opening it post anthrax scare by the way yeah i was like what would motivate someone to do that what's the truly motivation if you unless you hate your fans because they paid serious they paid whatever i'm pretty sure it was expensive to get an envelope that you got and when you open the envelope it was covered in in like graphite or soot or something like that and then when you took the pictures out or the lyric You're gonna sheet. You're going to get that shit all over The lyric it. sheet. or whatever. I think it was a lyric sheet and maybe a, a unique picture. Or You're gonna like yeah. Yeah. you going to stain it. You're literally getting this. Here's this super this collectible stuff. thing <laughs> yes. with the dirt that's going to ruin it forever. Right. And now your fingerprints are going to be all over it because we decided to send you dirt in the mail. That is such a dick thing to do.
0: Man. I mean, I honestly stopped paying attention to this band after they put out Downward Spiral because I listened to that album. I remember the video for that song, The Perfect Drug. Do you remember the, the music uh-huh. video for that? Yeah. Where it, it,
1: it's, like a, like it's like a writing
0: a statue or something. It, it reminds me of and like like a wind, Dracula movie or like something. Like a wind tunnel machine yeah. blowing yeah, at yeah, him yeah, or some yeah, shit yeah. like that. That song was massive and even Trent Reznor doesn't like that song so I feel pretty justified in tuning out okay, there. Okay so
1: I feel like it's a strange thing when you write songs about things that are maybe you're not proud of or you're just you're writing these songs cuz you have this uh, extreme feeling towards something like, say, heroin. You write a song about it, not expecting it to become one of the biggest songs you've ever, <laughs> ever done. Because it was a way for you to get this off of your chest or something. And it turns out you have to go out every night, after night, and sing it every night to people going, "You are the perfect." You're like, oh shit. It's such a weird song too, because I know
0: why people like it is because of the sample that starts it off, like the the. It sounds like violins being plucked, like. ding
1: ding Dun, dun, yeah. dun, dun, dun,
0: dun, dun, dun. that's what everyone likes yeah. and then the rest of it is just how much longer will you, you... The well, track. there's what like a three minute drum solo it which isn't even a drum solo it's just like a it's like
1: prodigy drum solo or something
0: I am aware that they put out a double album called The Fragile, Cardinal Fucking Your Favorite Band Sucks Sin.
1: Almost every band we've ever covered has done a double album. But I
0: will say, of all the bands who shouldn't be putting out double albums, which again is every single fucking band, Nine Inch Nails has got to be like real close to the top of the list of bands who should not put out a double album, right? Right. Yeah, because also
1: they just put out so many.
0: Who in their right mind would want to sit down and listen to this for over an hour and a half? You should go on a government watch list as soon as you buy a double Nine Inch Nails album. You should go on a government watch list. Trent has even said that he probably should have released it as two separate albums, which again has always been the official policy of this fucking podcast it always will be if you're in a band and you're thinking of making a double album stop everything you're doing pick 10 good songs put those out as an album and then just wait and release that other shit later
1: you could release two albums in a year You could totally do that. But also
0: don't, because you're going to get old and you're going to start sucking at this. And you're going to wish that you had fucking paced yourself and spread out when you had talent.
1: Yeah, instead of blowing your wad all at once. Just
0: keep writing shit in secret and put it in a vault like Prince did.
1: Release it slowly over time. I did read a quote. Which the newest music at the time of this recording. I forget what it's called. Hesitation Marks? Is that what it's called? Who
0: fucking cares? Yeah, that sounds right. A fucking adjective and a noun. Yeah, that's it. It
1: sounds like kids music to me. And then I read a little article where his kids are older now and they're starting to understand. And his wife will play him some songs. And he's like, oh, I said fucking that song. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, God, the world is coming full circle. That now he's he's aware of the music that he made. <sighs> And his kids are going to listen to I'm going to fuck you like an animal someday. <laughs> and he's going to have to explain
0: to them. Has anyone else noticed that Trent Reznor is jacked now?
1: Yeah, he's huge. Are you scared of him? He's got a big arm. No, I'm not He's
0: scared. got a big arm. Is that what you just said? Yeah, because he always he's got a he, big arm. He, he
1: holds... <laughs> Well, he specifically holds the microphone while well, he's, like, flexing. Have you ever seen the pictures of it? He's holding it like this, so he's got just, like, he's, just like, flexing his arm yeah, the whole time. This is
0: why we need a GoPro so everyone can see what we're doing or right now. Or even
1: if he has two hands on it, he's flexing both arms the whole Oh, time. yeah. It seems like at some point his arms are going to, like, stiffen up for some reason, and he's going to swallow the microphone. It's going to, like, because he's holding it so tight right by his face. It wouldn't shock me one day if they're like, Trent Reznor was rushed to the hospital to remove a microphone from his mouth. Because he was so angrily holding it to his
0: face. Because, I mean, when we're talking skinny young Trent, all fucked up and singing sad lyrics and stuff, I buy it because he looks like someone who.
1: Silly, sad young man.
0: Could very easily get the shit kicked out of him.
1: Mm hmm. Covered in mud at Woodstock, he still looked like a skinny little tiny guy.
0: It's way less convincing to have these lyrics come from a dude who is just jacked. Yeah, sure. So here's something funny. Um, I'm not going to say who it was, but I remember when a musician got hired to be in the Nine Inch Nails touring band, and they told him, give us a list of all the gear that you like, and we're going to buy 10 of everything because we want you to destroy it as much as possible. Uh No joke. And, And this is a person who's like, I don't, I don't want to,
1: I don't want to destroy awesome gear. Yeah.
0: That is part of it. Like you literally can't be in the band if you're not going to destroy your gear. It's part of the fucking job.
1: Which is so annoying. There's something
0: very wrong there.
1: Especially, I mean, I would just imagine that guy being like, can I, can I at least keep (laughs) Can I fucking keep
0: three of them? Exactly. Can
1: I (laughs) I keep a couple of them? Can I trash
0: seven and keep three?
1: Right. I guess I'll, I'll break this thousand dollar guitar. (sighs) Oh my God.
0: If your favorite band is Nine Inch Nails... Favorite band
1: sucks.
0: You're welcome for another emo-bashing episode of Your Favorite Band Sucks. Share this episode of the podcast with as many people as you can... Okay, I think we can all agree that Mark and I, at the very least, need another vacation from each other, so we're taking a fucking break. I don't know when we'll be back, but I'm sure it'll be a lot sooner the more new listeners we get, so keep turning people on to your favorite band socks, and don't forget to go fuck yourself.